Attention, everyone. Why, hello there, and welcome to the third KaijuCast commentary. Uh, my name is Kyle, and we're going to be watching Godzilla vs. Hedra tonight. And joining me on my left, we have Jeff Dean. Hello. And welcome back, Baron Von Gulu, Dave Helfrey. How you doing? And newcomer to Portland, Brian Cook. Hello. And we're all going to be talking about the wonders and uh, chaotic insanity that is Godzilla vs. Hedra, the 1971 film and uh, from Godzilla. And here we go. We basically paused the movie right after the TriStar logo. So as soon as that movie goes, make sure you pause your DVD and get things ready for Godzilla to roar right now. So just a couple of little quick notes before the movie really starts. Godzilla vs. Hedorah was released in Japan in July 24th, 1971, and it was released in America as Godzilla vs. the Smog Monster in April of 1972. It was also double-billed with frogs, you guys, if you didn't Listen know now. that. Sweet. Uh, and that was released by American International Pictures. Uh, it was directed by a newcomer to the Godzilla series, Yoshimitsu Bano, who uh, worked as an assistant director for Akira Kurosawa. It was scored by Richiru Manabe, and it's a very, very weird, weird, uh, weird score. You'll hear it as, as you watch the film. He also scored Jigoku, which is called Hell. Uh, and also, the special effects were by Teriyoshi Nakano, who worked under Tsuburaya. Now, we have a special treat for you here. Instead of actually listening to the Japanese version, we're going to play the AIP's Animals, Save the Earth. God's animals, don't go away, don't go Flowers, my flowers, don't go away, don't Cobalt, it's full of mercury Too many fumes in our oxygen All the smog now is choking you and me Good Lord, where is it gonna end? Got to get it back someday Got to get it back and soon now For tomorrow, maybe you and me We're moving, we're moving, moving to the moon now It's up to us to which is called Return the Sun in Japan, is actually known as Save the Earth here in the States. It was written by Guy Hemrick and Adrian Russ, and Adrian Russ sang it. She's actually 
the AIP secretary at the time. Now here we're introduced to a brand new character to the Godzilla series, and not just a character, but an actor to the Godzilla series. This is uh, Ken, a.k.a. Hiroyuki Kawase, who uh, has never been in a Godzilla film before, but he is he plays Ken, or the, the, the kid in Megalon as well. And he's here, sitting here playing with a whole bunch of Godzilla toys. I want those so bad. They're super old school. <laughs> I've been told that they're probably bull marks. There's and you can a, those see, are bull marks. Uh, Absolutely. You there. can see the, the big Godzilla, a Ghidra. There's an Ultraman in there. There's a Kanagon. And uh, here we see uh, Yukio, which is played by Toshio Shiba, who was also the title character in Mirror Mask and, or sorry, Mirror Man and Silver Mask. That kid having those toys used to make me mad when I was a kid because I wanted those Godzilla toys. And just think he like totally just shoved them down that terrible, <laughs> yeah. terrible slide. Not, those he's are not in mint condition, though. He's not he's knocking the value off those no things. No longer by the a collectible. Yeah. How dare you play with your toys? So, uh, Dr. Uh, Dr. Yano here is played by Akira Yamauchi. And uh, if you note, he was, he was standing in front of a fish tank there. The fish tank is very, very similar to the fish tank you see in uh, the original Gojira, which we just watched here recently on the podcast. Yeah, this is uh, not a very lifelike dead not tadpole. Yeah. Let's a rigor mortis <laughs> on this and this gigantic tadpole. <laughs> but the fisherman, I love how he like sort of like comes in and he sort of gets upset about the about the fish being you know them not being able to catch fish in the bay and then he takes a look around at all these mutated like fish inside of the 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 containers in the doctor's like laboratory study kind of thing <laughs> because in the old days you know yes it's easy to fish so you smash cut here to the tv showing showing the very first appearance of hedra one bummer of this movie, I think, is that so much story is told through newscast footage as opposed to actually showing you what's really happening. Of the casual way that the news announcer does like, <laughs> Whatever it was, it was probably just and another giant monster that destroys Japan all the time. So did the newscast actually show a photo of the monster? Is that what we're seeing? That's pretty much I just get, what happened, yeah. Yes. So now, uh, so as, as, as Dr. Yano and uh, Ken head down to the sea, I, I can't help as a father to, to recognize the differences in 1971 children rearing, child rearing, than they would today. <laughs> Dave, you have, you have a kid. Would you ever say, hey, man, you know, I'm just going to go swimming in the ocean here and uh, like you're not going to see me for minutes. <laughs> you know, just hang out. Well, hang out. I mean, I would, but I think I'd, you know, I think my wife would have something to say about it. <laughs> like, oh, there's nobody else on the beach. Uh, what are the chances of a giant monster coming up and eating him? I do like how they synchronize their watches. One. That sort of reminds me of, of old television shows. So synchronize their watch now. Uh, so as I mentioned, Richiro Manabe did the score. Now, Jeff, you you like Manabe's work, right? You're you're kind of a fan. I am, except for this film. Really. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I mean, I mean well, okay. for, for a Godzilla film, I just think this score is not epic enough. So do you think he toned it? Oh, you think it's not epic enough? I don't think it's epic enough. Do you think it's too jazzy or do you think it's too, like, just not... 70s. Too 70s? Do you think it, it's not it's, that interesting enough? 
it's not interesting enough. Interesting. And, and uh, you know, I totally miss the um, traditional Godzilla theme. I love, well, yeah, they don't have that. I love the, the debris you see here on the, the sea floor, which something tells me this is literally just like the Toho pool. And like, this is the actual <laughs> crap that was at the bottom of the Toho pool. Somebody dumped a swan carcass. This is no big the, deal. This is what the employees threw in the bottom. Hey, you know what? I don't like this bed anymore. There's a bed frame. What's a rabbit doing in there? <laughs> and my kid doesn't like this toy car anymore. Oh man, poor Ken. Cause he doesn't really know what's coming up. I, you know, seriously. So Dave, as far as child rearing goes, look at that knife. <laughs> <laughs> that is a knife. That's a good stabbing knife. That's a knife right there. And, uh, you know, obviously Ken, Ken is observing. I wouldn't even, I wouldn't even let my kid hold a spoon that big. I want to say he's like eight. That kid's eight. And I've got a 13, a 14 year old now. Uh Oh, what's that in the distance? This actually really like this scene here because that it's this is actually one of the grossest parts of the movie. And he slips and falls, sticks his knife up. Blork. <laughs> it's a good it's a good defense tactic that he's been trained to do. It's like, oh, hey man, right. if someone's coming at you, stick your knife out. Where did Hedora go? He jumped. Where is he? Onto the beach. He's 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 going away now. See. Yes. Nah, there's really no answer for that. See, you know, if only Godzilla had attacked him with a knife, it would have been a much shorter movie. <laughs> I'm really embarrassed because I'm wearing that same outfit as Kenny right now. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I want to see. I always want to see my kaiju cast That's right. team wearing Kenny's outfits. <laughs> the socks just make the outfit, I think, too. So uh, this is a, a nice long scene here where I feel like I can probably pontificate about uh, some of the people involved in this in this series. So Yoshimitsu Bano, this is the first time he's ever directed a Godzilla film. I think this is his first feature film of uh, ever. Yeah, and it is. basically he worked as an assistant director under uh, Akira Kosawa and I think a couple of other directors working on some films. And then essentially what I read is that he impressed, uh, I think it was Ashiro Honda, and basically, Honda said, hey, I really like your, your gumption. Do you want to direct the next Godzilla film? And so, Bano, who you'll note has only directed one Godzilla film, uh, basically took this film and, and made it what it is. Now, watch out, because we have a post-production Zoom coming up right now. Nice. Nice. Post-production. Yeah, the Bano worked on uh, The Hidden Fortress for Kurosawa, the movie that... Star Wars takes inspiration from, as well as Throne of Blood and The Bad Sleep Well. Ah, yes, The Bad, the bad Sleep Well. And The Lower Depths. So, so just an interesting bit of information for me. I just recently read, like, The Bad Sleep Well and, like, sort of read it correctly and saying, like, oh, it's bad people that sleep well at night. <laughs> for some reason, I just never grasped that. Because <laughs> I'm a dumbass. Uh Actually, okay, so as a father, this scene where, like, Ken is yelling for his dad, yes, who <laughs> essentially, he, yeah. this this does actually kind of get to me. <laughs> kind of makes me go, like, oh, my God, that poor kid. His- oh, he'll be fine. He's cute. He'll get adopted. He knows that you can't hear when you're underwater, right? He's wearing short shorts. So one of the, one of the books that I have is the uh, David Callett book, and he was, uh, he was mentioning in, in the book how... Uh, how the wife 
in in this film seems to seems to like have no concept of how serious this entire thing is this entire the everything about the plot of this film she's like oh no pictures no pictures and when like the, the you'll see later <laughs> yeah here's the here's the news crew she's like oh please no pictures and then later on, she tries to stop it's paparazzi. She they tries to it was stop. The of the yeah. opera. <laughs> she tries to stop Dr. Yano from like uh, studying the hedera organism and telling the kid to go to bed. It's just, it's just an interesting sort of like dichotomy that this family has. It it feels on, like uh, they're so eccentric. It feels sort of like if Wes Anderson directed a Godzilla movie, because each family member has all these <laughs> weird qualities and. Later, there's like a voiceover where you see Hydra's different forms. Oh, actually, speaking oh. of speaking of different, here we have our very <laughs> oh, first. Yeah. First, uh, I mean, if if nothing else about this film sort of struck you as odd, this is our first animated vignette in the film, which is weird. This is definitely has never happened in the films before. It's really weird. It's yeah, it's it's completely bizarre. It's completely it's it's completely in step with the culture of the time and the way that film was done back in the seventies. It totally reminds me of like a lot of the ABC after school special animation like that, that weird little Kurtz and company. I like the animation itself. It's actually it's not bad animation. It's good stuff, but it's just is it does it belong in a in a Godzilla film, first of all, and does it belong in I guess I would say, yeah, it does well, belong I, I in this it, film. I, but I think it, I think it speaks to your. You're talking about how like we, there's a different director for this film, who is in this case I think is very much following the temper of the time. Mm. This this I don't think this 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 movie is obviously just made as a you know a cautionary tale for the big issues of the time, which was, hey, if we keep you know polluting everything, we're all going to be dead, and uh, which was all people cared about in the seventies. 30, what, 40 years before, now everything's green. But, you know, like this is some new revelation and everything. And like, uh, I remember even as even as a kid looking at these sequences here with just the pollution so thick that you can't even see the water below it and thinking, well, that seems extreme. Yeah. But I mean, but, I, but, I, but I'd also remember hearing that pollution was much worse in Japan. Oh, yeah, pollution is terrible. And actually, that's a, this is a good time to bring it up. Basically, the pollution in Japan... Had, I think it caused reach like such four, a critical peak. I think there were four actual diseases that have been created from, you know, sort of like the byproduct of right. pollution. Like mercury poisoning became like so bad that it actually became a, a recognized disease. And this is sort of the reason they made this film. Obviously, is that pollution was so bad. Oh sure. That uh, that uh, Bano and Nakano sort of teamed up and they said, you know, the original Godzilla. Was sort of the statement about well, yeah, what e- people yeah, were afraid of at the time. The original. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and this is the first Godzilla movie since the. This is the next Godzilla movie in the series to actually have such a social, uh, social message. None of the other films did, um, from from between the first one and this one. Well, and in, the, and in this case, I think that the social message is so ham-fisted that you know, compared. I mean, the the first one you could actually miss it if you weren't paying attention. I think. Yeah, they but, definitely uh, unless they, you're Japanese, you know that was probably. Yeah, this this film definitely has sort of a. I mean, it's it's a very it's ham-fisted, but it's also heavy-handed at the same time. It's really, really. Is that what ham-fisted means? Is that what it means? Yeah. Oh, well. <laughs> because your ha- fists yes. are made of ham. <laughs> yes. 
I'd admit your fists were delicious. Well, they hired um, a completely new crew for this film, correct? Because they wanted to give it a different take, breathe some new life into well, it. Well, I think every, basically, the, now what's been happening at this point in 1971 is that uh, Japanese television has has sort of supplanted Japanese cinema as mm. as far as like keeping the uh, keeping the attention of not you know not just adults but also children as well. Like why go to the theater to watch giant monsters battle it out like once a year when you get to see that every week on Ultraman or Space Giants, which is also called Magbatashi, uh, on television. Love Space Giants, and so you know the that's. That's just a kaiju sort of angle. This is the television, the the advent of television in Japan made a you know huge impact on the film uh, the film industry in Japan. And so uh, there's a, actually I I think right now is probably a really good time to read it uh, in Steve Rifle's book. He says according to the International Movie Motion Picture Almanac, there were four thousand six hundred ninety four movie theaters in operation in Japan in 1965, which is sort of like the heyday of of Japanese cinema. And uh, there are 483 feature films released by Japanese studios, and the total wow. number of tickets sold exceeded 372 million. Now you fast forward to 1975, which is the year that Terror of Mechagodzilla, which was the most poorly attended Godzilla film ever, uh, and the precursor to the monster's involuntary retirement, uh, that whenever that was released and says, although the industry's output was still high with 405 domestic feature films released, there were now only 200, sorry, 2,530 theaters operating in the country. And the annual attendance figure had plummeted to nearly half to 187 million. Mm. So basically you're, this is when you deal with Dae, which is the company that was releasing Gamera films. They went bankrupt at this time and they were like, they were at one time bigger than Toho. Like as far as as far I as movie studios that. go, yeah. So I'm surprised to hear that. Uh, so they went bankrupt. Toho, uh, in in an effort to actually survive, they did a smart thing. They took their special effects crew and branched them off into a separate group called Toho Vision or Toho Iezo, and basically they farmed out their special effects crew to work on uh, non-film stuff like TV commercials, TV productions, and uh, special, you know, like. I want to say like a special presentation events and stuff like that. It was, I'm sure these were, I mean, this, these were described as lean times. And this is the, this is the movie that really heralded that is the 1971 release of Godzilla versus Hedra or Godzilla versus the smog monster. I think it shows in the budget for, for this one. And then the, you know, the, Rest of the films of the 1970s. I want to say I read the budget for this movie was $250,000. Holy cow. Yeah, like American dollars. Obviously in Japanese yen at the time. I'm not sure what that was. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's. I mean, they basically slashed the budgets. And what you don't see in this film, what you see in the, in the next few films is a lot of reusing of stock footage from Toho's, essentially their, quote, library, end quote. Yeah. Where, you know, you get some fantastic destruction scenes and so toho just says hey you know what we don't have the we don't have the money to make that miniature to make that monster crush that miniature and those explosions happen we need to reuse it oh cool we're already at the point where uh hedra is coming ashore for the first time and and not only do you get to see hedra coming to shore you also get to see your first glimpse into 
Uh, well, actually, we we got a very an interesting glimpse into it at the beginning of the movie. But this is uh, where we get to see the actual dance club where Yukio is <laughs> yes. drinking. And I approve of her outfit. In yeah. This film. Well, uh, that's actually okay. So the the singer in this film is actually Miki Fujiyama. That's her character's name. She's played by Keiko Mari, uh, and she's the actual. She actually sang "Return the Sun." I guess she was a a pop star, or trying to be a pop star. I'm not exactly sure. She doesn't seem to have a, a very large discography available on the internet, but I would agree. She's got this uh, very nice psychedelic outfit, Jeff. Yes. Somebody <laughs> used to watch laughing. <laughs> But I like how uh, Yukio here is like scallop shell. That he's just was, like, uh, "Yep, there goes my that shot." That was classy. Yeah, totally classy. And it gets even more classy later on. His magically refilled glass. I'm gonna need that for when we start doing our drunken commentaries. <laughs> So, um, Tomiyuki Tanaka, the Godzilla producer, was hospitalized during this movie. Yes, yes. And when he saw the finished product, he was, from all accounts that I've ever read, incredibly livid with this. <laughs> and I can only imagine what he was thinking right now in the movie. <laughs> I'm sure, I'm sure. Because basically, he, he just said, like, he told Bano and Nakano to just do it. Mm-hmm. And so they they just did. That's ex- I mean, that's sort of like, from all accounts of what I've read... From Nakano and and Bono, they they just they just took it and ran with it. And, and it's because he was so furious that Bano never did another Godzilla film or Toho film. They said now uh, apparently, yeah, apparently uh, Tomiyuki Tanaka was so furious that he said that uh, he would never direct another Godzilla movie again. That's sort of there's obviously there's no documented, extremely documented. Uh, information about that it's just sort of hearsay but i like the idea of uh bano doing such a terrible job on this that he he was banned it's so all over the place like we're cutting from hedra to the club and we've seen godzilla a couple times and the family like it's, it's very disorganized i can I, I i try to imagine what uh tanaka thought when he first saw this and yeah well this is to me, this is a, this this particular scene is interesting because, regardless of the the rest of the quality of the film, I actually really like the Hedra suit, and I think they did a very yeah, I was very gonna, fantastic I was job. About that. It's like, do you know? If, like, was there a different character designer that was brought in on this? Like, was this, this is the same old Godzilla gang who came up with this creature? Uh, I think I think as far as storyboards go, Nakano did most of the storyboards, but Yasusuke Inoue, who had been a character. A production designer for the entire series did work on this film. I know, I'm pretty sure he's the one that designed Hedra. Uh, but as far as like is this him f- filling up with smoke and like feeding off of the the pollution, I don't know whose idea that was, but I think they did a fantastic job on it. It's like yeah, a big bong. It, totally, yeah, yeah it looks totally. great. There's looks- actually there's a there's a shirt. <laughs> you know, to sort of take this away from being a kid friendly podcast, there's a shirt that has a picture of Hedra. Sucking on the smokestacks, and it says Hedra's greatest hits. <laughs> hey, oh, he turns green too when he takes the hit and closes his eyes like an yeah, ecstasy. Like, exactly, he, it has a lot of personality. So, do you guys know who played Hedra in this film? Oh, no idea. So, clearly, Haruo Nakajima, the 
the original Godzilla actor plays Godzilla, but Ken Pachiro Satsuma, who actually ends up playing Godzilla from 1984 th- through 1995, is who ends up playing Hedra in this film. This is his, actually his first movie. Yeah, I was going to guess Keenan wins, so I guess I would have been, yeah, been, been off. You were close. You were close. Buddy Hackett. <laughs> <laughs> No, I no. Also on the on the on the subject of the character design and everything, um, the different stages—the larval stage and the the flying saucer stage and the the Labrador stage—and then finally he's up on the he's up on two legs and everything. This that's the fir- that's a first for a Godzilla foe, isn't it? Uh, yes. At this point, yeah. I mean, I know we see it again well, in Destroya and a couple of you know a little sort of speak to a little bit in uh, uh, Megaguirus and. Some of the other creatures where you have this this creature growing and evolving before it finally gets down and, and fight, fighting it out with Godzilla. But um, yeah, with the exception of the Mothra larva versus adult form. Oh, I guess form. that's true. But I that's still that's, 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 that's a very I don't know. specific though. Yeah, it's yeah. very different. I think this this is definitely different, and it's a you know it's a definitely it's a different way for them to think about this uh, the, about a Godzilla film, and uh, and. It's hard to it's hard to pay attention when Godzilla's swinging around a monster. <clears throat> he's supposed to be saving us from this pollution monster, but now he's just flinging garbage all over the city right here. Yeah, and actually, <laughs> all of these pieces coming off of Hedra, one of them crashes. Here we go, crashes through and kills all these Mahjong players. Now it's been a while since I've watched the AIP dub, but in the international version, version which is the one we're watching, you clearly hear the guys screaming. The Mahjong players, and here they are, See, all this is, dead. And this is like a uh, a different kind of shot. You never saw that in any other Godzilla film. The only time the you ever see people dying in, in a Godzilla one. film is in the first film. Yeah, at least yeah. up until this point. And now you have the uh, extreme psychedelic. <laughs> this song I is like eighteen minutes long for that yeah. guy in real time. Well, that's hey, <laughs> I think that's what the seventies and sixties were like. <laughs> the jam band man we're all about like making it happen i think someone spiked his drink (laughs) i think it's just listening to that same song section (laughs) over and over imagine fish heads fear and loathing in tokyo (laughs) oh man it's an interesting concept though that you know you would you would see everybody with fish heads and then they they made it happen Mm mm-hmm it's not so great. It sort of reminds me of the yokai films mm-hmm. as far as like quality, but it, you know, clearly these things were just little masks they put on people. This, however, is a is a very blob-like sequence that yeah. I really love. Yeah. Is the sort of like tenderly tongue coming down the stairs. Like I can't tell if it's like carpet covered in oil or what, but it looks amazing. Beware animal cruelty coming up here. Yeah, I hate this scene. You hate <laughs> I just hate the cat part. It, it totally works. Oh, what are you, a cat lover? I totally am. Oh, well, cats are awesome. Oh, poor kitty. Aww. Poor kitty. It's a good I thing wait. my girlfriend isn't here to see this. <laughs> yeah, I'm just, that cat's just lucky it doesn't play Mahjong, otherwise it would have been all over. <laughs> it does work, though, and it feels like the blob. There's parts of this movie that really work, but then there's parts that totally fall apart. And feel like a bad film school attempt. It is a very disjointed film, just from start to finish. It's it's disjointed. It's, it even though it's disjointed, it is one of the most beloved 
Godzilla films of all time. I've said this before. Really? I'll I think say it again. When I who? when I did the when I did the film festival in two thousand four, yeah. and I was sort of polling people. This is one of the movies that people kept asking for over and over again. Makes when no we sense showed it, whatsoever. when we showed it on the actual Godzilla's birthday, the Tuesday of the of the film festival, we had a packed house. Yeah. I yeah. think it, it has unreal. To, it has to be the Plan Nine aspect of it that makes it so popular. You know what I mean? It's just one of those movies that's so kind of ridiculous. That it might people be. love it. It might be. Here's, this is it. I want to say something real quick. This. This is something that a friend of mine, Gilbert, he uh, almost obsessed over in, in college. Basically, he was like, why are these monsters, you know, exhibiting this body language towards each other? He, he kind of like wanted to sort of figure out the, how to decipher the body language of the kaiju fights. And I never really noticed it before he said it. But you'll as you watch the film, this that happens in this film, it happens in a lot of the other yeah. ones too, uh, after this one. But like... Godzilla wipes his face, yeah. and then he's doing this he, sort of like swimming motion. Like, like Godzilla does that in this film a lot, wiping his mouth. Like, well, well, I mean, there's stuff like wiping stuff off of you, and that's acceptable. But yeah. like the actual, like it almost looks like they're trying to communicate. I always assumed they were just playing charades. <laughs> Two words, Mo- motion five syllables, five syllables. <laughs> so this is this is gross. This is where Godzilla slams Hedra into the ground so hard that he releases this disgusting substance. They really did that part of the movie well, as far as being really gross, like the the sludge on the water and all that. There's a lot of there's a lot to be said about you know the actual production and this like really being disgusting, in, in on purpose. And I think that that really, you know, that sort of speaks to the the skills that Nakano uh, developed under his tutelage under Subaraya. From his tutelage under Subaraya. I'm not too sure that uh, I would be one of those people who would have been clamoring for this at a film festival, but if if I was going to vote for a movie, a Godzilla movie to be remade, uh, be especially with the advances in special effects and creature design and everything like that, the stuff you could do with Hedra, with CGI and even just even just making the costume out of silicone instead of I don't know. Instead of rubber, sponge rubber, in, rubber is what yes, this is. Sponge rubber and hefty bags like this he's is, made out of This now. is a 300-pound costume. Really? Yeah. The the Hedra costume is a wow. 300-pound costume. 300 And like pounds? I said, this was Satsuma's first movie role. How could he even move in that? 300 exactly. pounds. Exactly. I mean, it's definitely it's a unique creature design. The eyes make it look like too cute. You know what I mean? Because of the size of them? Yeah. It's like so we actually saw this earlier. This Godzilla jumping into the water is not the, the Destroy All Monsters, the modified Destroy All Monsters suit that we've seen uh, for the rest of this, the, earlier in this film. This is actually the 1966 Godzilla vs. the Sea Monster suit Good Lord. that they reused just yeah, for I the water scene. I knew I should have done research before. <laughs> <laughs> oh, really? Godzilla was a sea monster. Oh, okay. Hey, Dave. Welcome to the nerd haven. I guess, man. <laughs> I'm just like, you know, I've never felt like less of a nerd than I do right now. Dave, you're the popular one these <laughs> days. <laughs> you've got the you've got the haunted house that yeah, everybody goes to. Yeah, it's not going to mean anything to anybody who's who's listening to this commentary in May. <laughs> so here we go. A second, second animation. Uh, this is 
That's so weird. This, this is so. These are so like the interstitials that used to play during between the Saturday morning cartoons. Oh yeah, yeah the yeah. Uh, Schoolhouse you know, Rock it's like, stuff. It's just it's just extremely just that style of you know animation. I mean, I don't want to not exactly Yellow Submarine, but just the whole so seventies. You know, this movie has one uh, sort of major flaw. It sort of it almost ignores the whole message of like, where is all this pollution coming from? I know they touch on it a little bit, but they never really hold any of the businesses that are creating the pollution accountable for it. They show scenes like this or shots like this, where there's smokestacks pouring, uh, discussing smoke into the air. But I, I really wonder like, did Bano think that the animated little scenes there, did he think that that was going to be like sort of, yeah, let me stick it to the man. And here's, Here's who's causing the pollution. It's the factories. It looks like that's kind of like, you know, for the for the little tykes in the audience, right? Right. And this film's kind of all over the place in that, like, it's for the little tykes. Then it's got kind of like an an overall kind of dark message with some graphic scenes in it. And you got like the uh, now. See, there's Ken like imitating Godzilla. Yeah. On Mystery Science Theater, they always joke about how all the little boys that love Gamera are named Kenny. Yeah, I was going to ask, aren't, is it, isn't Kenny the name of the guy who's at the, on the brain-eating planet with, uh, in Gamera versus Giron? Uh, no. It's no. not Kenny? Oh, okay. I'm, see, Kenny, I just... if, I, if I recall correctly, and I don't have any notes in front of me for this, but I believe Kenny was either the first or the second Gamera kid. Okay. And then this kid's name is Ken. Okay, so it's, I mean, I, maybe it's just the kind of thing where I just refer to them all as Kenny. I think everyone like, refers it's, it's, to it's them as like Kenny. A, just it's like, like a common noun now. It's definitely, it's, it's, it's definitely like a, a Godzilla meme. Yeah. Is the kid with the short shorts. Is the, Ken, is the Kenny. <laughs> Who's the Kenny? In that scene right there, <laughs> Kenny asks if he can pick up pieces of hetero since it's been melting metal and stuff. That's another bad parenting yes. moment right there. Like, yeah, go ahead and pick up some hetero pieces. Make sure yeah. you put some in your mouth and eyes, too. And you think someone would use gloves here. I think the doctor even says, like, get all of them you can. <laughs> like, Wow, it melts metal. Grab it with your hand. Like the tadpole down. This this movie is also weird in that we're not following the military and government around. We're following just this family. See, and that's what it's missing. It's missing the like, like the, the point that uh, you were just making, Kyle. It needs the evil corporate overlord that's responsible for the pollution. Yeah, you do. You, know, it's, you, it's you just get these, that. It's just in, these unmanned, uh, uh, these these unmanned factories spewing, yeah. you know, and and like pollution that is that's just there. It's not where there's yeah, and you do you know, get that in in movies like Godzilla versus the Thing. There's a clear like bad guy or a group of right, bad guys right, who are yeah. who are doing it or the Godzilla versus the sea monster there's a there's a group of terrorists they're yeah. sort of they're the protagonists that have the monster sort of involved with them yeah and it seems like this is a direct result of the budget like they, don't oh. have, they don't have very many <laughs> yeah. military scenes yeah, at yeah. all there's like a cast of six people in this movie yeah and actually Jeff you mentioned earlier like a new crew new cast as well not a single one of these people in this film that we've seen so far has ever been in a Godzilla film. And if you've seen the movies up until this point, that has definitely not been the case. Akira Kubo, uh, Kenji Sahara, Akira Takarada, all of those uh, uh, keep appearing in all of these films. And this movie is almost standalone in the fact that it's, there's nobody in this film that's ever been in another Godzilla film before. Yeah. Are these the uh, Bano players or something like that? 
Well, they're not these the actors in this film are not necessarily newbies or are part of Bano's sort of uh, cast or entourage. It's just that they they have appeared in different films and you know for some reason they didn't go after any of the other like Toho players that they normally had. I want to say that uh, Dr. Yano he's been in some Dae films and like I said uh, Yukio uh, is played by the same guy who does Mirror Man and. Uh, Silver Mask later on, not not at the same time as this. I think he was sort of a new player to, to movies in general. Um, and I think Ken here uh, was the son of someone in an Akira Kurosawa film. Uh, I know that it says what he does or what he was in in the, uh, in the Steve Rifle book uh, that I have, which is, you know, I do most of my research with these, these two books, uh, Steve Rifle's uh, book which is called Japan's Favorite Monstar and then uh, the other book I, I have um, hopefully it's on the, the bottom here it's not it's the one from David Callet. do you think his eye being damaged in the fishbowl and all that do you think that's a direct reference to uh, the original Godzilla I don't know if it's a direct reference but man if it doesn't evoke the image of Dr. Sarazawa from the first film <laughs> I don't know what does. And the fish in the fish tank, same sort of thing. Yeah. I love I love this explanation though. <laughs> uh, they take the responsibility off man here where they say it came from space, but then pollution made it mutate, I believe. Right, yeah. And it's it's kind of worth noting that this is uh the first monster since Godzilla that was created as a result of mankind. Oh, yeah. Everything else is from space or an earth god or yeah, just woke yeah. Yeah, the yeah. egg hatch. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, and I think I think even in the uh, in the AIP dub when they're talking about like where Hedrick would have come from, they they even said like from a gooey planet. <laughs> <laughs> but I love how you smash cut from the uh, the sort of pontification about like where Hedra came from to Rollercoaster, which is a great place to have some dialogue for yeah. our characters on so, a loud roller. Okay, coaster. so check this out. So. Jeff unfortunately is not around to to hear this amazing uh, this amazing theory well, of mine, but basically, you you see Doctor Yano and Ken and they're saying goodnight to each other and like figuring out like where where Hedra came from, and then the next thing you see is Ken on a roller coaster with Yukio and uh, Mickey, and he that's when he sees Godzilla, so maybe this is a dream sequence. Wow. Oh, come on. That's supposed that, to be really deep, you that guys. Would make more, well, I, I was thinking, of, I was digesting that thought. It would make more sense than just them randomly cutting to uh, a roller coaster to have dialogue. That would also explain the matching outfits. <laughs> yeah, plus they plus he ran off, and they didn't go after him. But we, then we, the We've fact been that abandoning he, yeah. him all through the movie so far. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But then I guess he calls, he calls Dr. Yano. That's pretty much like sinks my theory right there. I, I, do, I do like how... Uh, the doctor and his son have such a strong relationship that basically the doctor will believe anything the kid says. And the kid is always telling the truth, but like the mom is the one who's like, oh, go to bed. Oh, don't, it's too late. Why are you still up? Don't, don't show my son's, it's gross. <laughs> I'm impressed that this kid didn't get any cuts if his uh, phone booth just kind of exploded like that. And look, he's off and running. In those short shorts. Oh, I've got that outfit too, man. It's embarrassing. <laughs> oh, 
I should totally take a picture of everybody wearing those short shorts. <laughs> so here's it's, here's Hedra showing up, hey, right? This is his new his new form, which is like sort of like a flying saucer almost. And if you think about it, the girls in this playground doing their exercising, they're just having trouble breathing. They get off easy because everything yeah. else is about to just He's die dying a from horrible acid death. Right, yeah. yeah. see more news reports and stuff it's just it's very cheap or very lazy one of the two yeah and unfortunately our main character aside from ken the doctor is in spends bed. most of his yeah. the, most of the movie in bed i know 75 percent of the movie is built spent him on the floor yeah even later on when he gets into the action his wife has to drive him in the bed of the car to the action is he really that <laughs> bad he's really that I mean, yeah God. he really needs his rest jeff i love this scene though oh this is amazing. where they're trying to they're sort of like trying to get away but you know clearly they've got to deal with some traffic and then she can't get the car moving yeah your dream theory is totally shot at this point if they're driving <laughs> yeah. away from the amusement park please everyone just ignore it I, if i could edit this i would but i just I, it thought. was just one of those things like i was thinking about it i thought it was kind of cool uh but this again very blob like right you yes. guys yeah yeah this Seriously, is what's so with the cool. Donnie and Murray uh, matching outfits? It's really bugging me. That's amazing. I love this shot. I lo- yeah, I do. The shot of Hedra like sucking the cars in- into his uh, underbelly. <laughs> into his goop. I think like whatever budget they had was spent on Hedora's costume. All 300 pounds of it. <laughs> yep. Paying by the pound. Possibly. And see, we don't... Whoa. He's going off track there. We don't see him change forms, too. He just kind of like... From one scene to another, he's a different form. Very, very. We do weird. see like towards the end of the film. Yeah, a couple. That's times, true. Yeah. A couple of. Uh, yeah, a couple of transformation scenes. Yeah. yeah. This is an awesome shot too. That was at the end of the Japanese trailer. Oh yeah, yeah. This is and so basically round one, definitely went to Godzilla. He definitely kicked Hedra's butt. This one, however, you know Hedra. It seems like Godzilla's about to do something, but man, he doesn't clearly isn't having zero effect. He's perplexed. And here's where Godzilla just uh, oh Hedra's, gross. Hedra's crop dusting. Crop dusting. <laughs> and he does a just, flip, which is awesome. Round, I do that. When I smell round something two, bad when I smell Hedra. something bad, God, I do it. What did you eat? Yeah. When I smell something really bad, I do a front flip. And here we go. Oh yeah. Here now, so here this is it. This is yeah. this is the terrible and now the effects are are not so great, obviously. And there's some weird, like <laughs> sounds going on in the background. But uh, you know, you Ken runs across the bones, turns around, and flees because it's this is not pretty. This is definitely not pretty. I think that's even. I think I just ripped that off from David Callet's book. The face transformation reminds me of the Godzilla versus Mechagodzilla apes. Yeah, with the apes. Yeah, when they. And this dude and this here. Is, I mean, this is. That's not for kids, man. <laughs> no, man, that's terrible. That's terrible. I mean, he's he's bones before he's the, the, <laughs> yeah. the ground. And then the whole building collapses with no sound effects. No, yeah. Why is there no sound effects? Here? I've, oh, I've noticed yeah. that in a, a lot of the fight scenes in this film too. There's like no sound effects. Here's another animated vignette. It, it, you know, the sound effects. Let's just to speak to the sound effects. I gotta say. With the exception of the most recent Godzilla films, sound effects were definitely not like at the forefront of these filmmakers, you know, sort of like ambitions. You don't 
you don't get like Godzilla stomping. I think I mentioned that during the first Godzilla film is like, there's a lot of stuff where you'd think you'd hear Godzilla's footprint footsteps, Mm -hmm. but it just doesn't happen. You don't hear it. In that cartoon, people are wearing gas masks. Does this predate that fad where Japanese people wear like a mask over their mouth? Uh, No, actually uh, in Steve's book, he actually says that things were so bad in some cities that oxygen tanks were installed on the street corners to prevent people uh, pedestrians from passing out and children went to school wearing the face masks to filter out the photochemical smog. Jeez. Yeah. Things were not good at this time in Japan. This is, this is a serious, uh, issue that they, that they really, really tried to, to take head on. Unfortunately, I don't think it was this movie that really launched the environmentalist message revolution. No, it didn't hurt though. And here we go again. Why is this necessary? <laughs> this okay. So, you guys have all seen Jurassic Park. Yes. <laughs> like, when I watched Jurassic Park and I saw like Mr. DNA or whatever his name was, <laughs> I was like, "Oh my God, that's exactly like Godzilla <laughs> versus the Smog Monster." More oh, shots yeah. of of nebulas and constellations. Yep. Bang. Yep. Now, can he give you? I'm just going to spout this monologue while I lay on this futon. <laughs> so, Dr. Yano. despite being banned from the series, Bano uh, actually tried to make a 3D Godzilla film in America. Yeah, we should uh, we should spend really? a little bit of time talking about that. Basically, a, cu- a few years ago, before Legendary Pictures got a hold of the Godzilla license, um, Bano had... Uh, he basically proposed and got permission to bring Godzilla to the United States and they were going to make I want to say an IMAX movie, right? Yeah, I heard about that. IMAX I didn't 3D. realize that Bano was involved with yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, so the he first got permission from Toho? I think so. Yeah, which is well, weird. You know, let's just say Tomiyuki Tanaka was the one who apparently banned him and he's been dead for many years. It was called Godzilla to the Max. There's a promotional image that you can find of uh, the Las Vegas sign on the ground in fire and Godzilla standing in the background. But that's all that ever exists of it. See, I thought I remember, I actually thought I remember reading that the IMAX movie, and I didn't realize that Bano was involved with that, was going to be a, I don't know, remake or sort of sequel of, you know, like like a, a fight between Godzilla and Hedra. Yeah, definitely. That was the sort of what he wanted to do was... Yeah. I love this sequence right here. This, this also yeah. showing the different stages. This is and like what uh, will be stage. We four. call this the angry seal. <laughs> uh, well, I do like how they sort of make it, with the exception of the flying bit. They do sort of make it very frog-like. He goes from tadpole to sort of like, uh, help me out. What's the next stage after tadpole? It's like trilobite there. Yeah, and then and then he then he turns into the, the monster. Mark. But I love the question. Mark. Now he turns into. The box from Let's Make a Deal. Yeah, this totally feels like they're drinking. If Wes Anderson directed a Godzilla yeah. movie, and they're drinking Tang, they are drinking Tang. <laughs> Look at that. <laughs> but he, he asked this. He asked the scientist, and the scientist is like, "Well, I don't know." And who is this scientist? This is not Doctor Yano. This is some some random scientist who we have not seen during the film. And of course, he says some wrong stuff here. 
talking about giving Hedra oxygen yeah. to survive. There's a baby stuck oh, in mud. Oh, that poor baby. I want, it, I want that to be like a labyrinth sort of story <laughs> where like the baby that they're tossing up in Labyrinth is uh, actually Froud's son. I want that to be, or, or uh, I can't remember if it's Froud's son or if it's... Uh, it was, yeah. Was it Froud's son? Yeah, I want that to be like Bano's son in the muck. <laughs> I don't know if it is. Dang, that's what I want. And so, again, like we're talking about the how the story is revolving around this family essentially and not around the military it but, seems to me that without without this family that everyone would be doomed because yeah. there's no they're getting some mileage out of that baby footage giving that up we tortured this oh, look, baby skulls. Look like the skull floating yeah. around where's the baby there's the Wait, dancing where's the fish heads okay, still. No, the baby's gone now that i don't even know what kind of effect you have all that and now but it's, that's just bizarre. now it's the opening to lost in space it's just yeah this whole movie is just bizarre. And this is what they attempt to do to Godzilla in the original Godzilla with electricity. In a way, they kind of like electrocute him in the first one. Yeah, they try. They try to electrocute him in several movies. I mean, the Godzilla versus the Thing, they drop the electric net on him. In King Kong versus Godzilla, they say that Godzilla is going to shy away from electricity. We all know that's not true. And uh, yeah, so now I guess they're they're figuring that electricity might be the way to go for Hedra. Okay, so this is actually an important, an important bit in, that I'm talking over in this film. They're <laughs> they're talking they're talking about uh, issuing, issuing uh, restrictions to factories, but they're also talking about uh, restricting motor use. And so, as we know from watching this before, where I was talking over the movie as well, uh, Yukio and his group of youngsters have decided to stage a protest on Mount Fuji. <laughs> Yes. Which doesn't make any sense, but let's just go with it. They decide to stage a protest on Mount Fuji. How are you going to get to Mount Fuji? You're going to drive. You're going to cause more pollution by going up to Mount Fuji. And this scene's in black and white? This scene is in black and white. Is it black and white, or are they shooting it, day I for night here? I can't, re- I can't actually tell if it's black and white, or if it's actually, like, yeah, day for well, night, or if they're doing... Uh, it snaps into color here in a second when he, like, strums his guitar. Yeah. And and Hedra Palooza really kicks off. Hedra Palooza. Oh my <laughs> god. Oh my god. Somebody write that down. You need to make a shirt of that. <laughs> I agree. I was at Hedra Palooza. Oh my god, I agree. That's awesome. Way to go, Brian. Yeah, this is a killer party. Yep. I remember and parties why? like this. This is usually the end of a party where as far as I'm concerned. And this is not like some dude cause. playing the guitar, the acoustic guitar on your couch. It's time to go. Sadly, <laughs> a sad the little thing is they're going to start a giant bonfire. Like that's not going to be like a fire hazard. Here. Yeah, smoke and pollution's bad. Let's start a bonfire. <laughs> yeah. Oh, there you go. There's the smash color. So let's rock. In the AIP yeah. version, they they call it they call it the go go of one million instead of the march of one million. And so this is how can we how can we go any further without like recognizing also, that they're playing electric instruments yeah, yeah, also, in the middle of nowhere. They've also got a gasoline generator for their amps. <laughs> yeah. Over behind parked behind their cars. I do like the idea of everybody playing electric instruments except Yukio. He's still sitting there playing <laughs> like an acoustic guitar being like, "Man, I hope everybody can't hear me playing terribly." I don't think it matters. None of these members of the band seem to know what the other person's doing. Yeah, and and look, here comes Mickey and Ken. Oh. 
Time to dance. Dance Party USA. Or Dance Party Ken Japan, does not, I guess. Ken does not look like he wants to dance. More fire. More smoke. That's right. Let's... That's what we need. This is And this is such a weird scene here because everybody's dancing. All of a sudden there's this weird party going on in the middle of nowhere at the base well, of Mount yeah, Fuji. Yeah. And then uh, you get this. <laughs> That's so it's creepy. Like, what in the hell is this? <laughs> Who I are these people? I really don't think anybody really knows like what the deal like, is with that. I think yeah. I mean, is it the? It's the. Are elder. we looking at like elders, like looking yeah. at the young people, not understanding what's the going uncool on? Uncool elders. Are they ghosts? Spirits of the dead. Exactly. That's what I'm just gonna go with. I'm just gonna go with Dave's Dave's uh, spirits, spirits of, of the, the dead. dead. Spirits of Mount. That's some pretty spooky underlining on those. Oh, oh no! no! That is oh. like, that is a gut punch. I'm that leaving. Is, that's right the harshest there. thing in the whole film. And here we go. Here's the uh, the death of the fish. And here's some more, fish. more really, you know, animal cruelty. I was gonna here. say, yeah. I think these fish scene. die. Yeah, I know. There's a couple scenes here. Where like mm. they look pretty. They look pretty. This you know, like pretty much like they're trying to get air. Mm. That's bad. Yeah. yeah. That, that tank was overcrowded to begin with. I mean, it was. This is bound to happen. That's true. <laughs> and he calls his wife. You've got to come see this. Why does nothing happen to him or his wife when he when Hedora crop Yeah, you know, maybe Barb. maybe they're immune. The, it, never mind. It's time to get off the bed. Come we got to call Hedrapalooza. Chrysanthemums died immediately. The fish died immediately. But, you know. All right. Our next act is Soundgarden. You guys ready? I like how they uh, they are just dancing. It's It <laughs> reminds me of Godzilla versus the Smog Monster at the dance party. He's hallucinating again. <laughs> <laughs> What do they call the waking dream? Is that what? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, he's, he can does he have a Godzilla? weird psychic connection to Godzilla? He must. Is that what's going on? Uh, like, he, he he calls it earlier in the film. Like, I had a dream. Godzilla was coming. And his mom's like, sure, yeah, if you saw it in your dream, I'm sure it's going to come true. So... Is that something that that kids went to see in this theater and said, "Yeah, they, this kid has a psychic connection to Godzilla." Maybe not knowing what a you know telepathy was or anything, but this is the kind of thing that that <laughs> I find interesting about it. When you know, uh, let's say almost twenty, almost ten years later. Wait, no, twenty years later. Almost twenty years later. Godzilla versus Biollante, they introduce a psychic who does have a connection with Godzilla. Yes, yeah. And the Gamera trilogy from the 90s features the sure. yep, yep, psychic that too. connection. Too. And here now Hedorah has a different form. Yep. Where he finally finally Satsuma, Satsuma can actually stand up straight. Yeah. Here he is wiping his mouth again. and yeah, You get that, totally get that whole like body language, kaiju body language. They're communicating here. Oh, yeah. That's a cool effect, glow. though. The glowing, glowing brain. brain. Yeah. yeah. Jinx. Get out of bed. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> Your son is in danger, and he's still just lying around. Yeah. Okay. So here's... Okay. So what he just said is... Uh, oh, by the way, note the dead fish in the background oh, still. <laughs> so this is still filming. That's horrible. Okay. So what the doctor just said is that... They they've uh, created this device that's, that's supposedly going to fry Hedra, but where are they making it? They're making it in Yokohama, not not anywhere close. So basically, 
they have to they have to take this structure, I guess, and move it all the way to the base of Mount Fuji. Meanwhile, Godzilla and Hedra are already, you know, beginning their battle at the base of Mount Fuji. And we we've had no any idea that he's had any contact with the military before this. Just phone calls. <laughs> and now he just calls and says, I have just, a way to kill this. Just phone calls. A way to kill Hedora. Yeah, but if you have a problem with that, I mean, that kind of happens sometimes in Godzilla series. <laughs> happens a lot. <laughs> I like how the, the guy, the kids, the youngsters are just, you know, sitting around watching what's going to happen. Nobody manages to say, let's get the hell out of here and like runs for their car. They're just like transfixed as to what Godzilla's going to do. Oh, dodged it. Oh, ah, hit your nose. Oh, right in the eye. Was this the final film to feature that costume of Godzilla? That that suit? Um. Well, the next film is Godzilla vs. Gigan, and I want to say they modified it even more for that film. The, this Basically, this is the Destroy All Monsters suit that they elongated the neck. I don't know why, but you can see during the fight in this movie, it's already starting to get a little rough. But if you watch Godzilla vs. Gigan, oh man, it's you can see pieces coming off of the suit almost. It's pretty <laughs> terrible. They, it was threadbare. In Godzilla vs. Gigan, you can see pieces falling off of the franchise. Up, <laughs> oh, you should have ran to your cars, like I was saying, because now, <laughs> now you're dead in the fields of Mount Fuji. Turn magenta, turn magenta, and die. Looks at least some of them survived, right? They're still watching. Yeah, this is. You know what this reminds me of? Or actually, this doesn't remind me of it, but the transformation of Batra in in the nineteen ninety two Godzilla versus Mothra reminds me of the smog monster transformation. There's actually a couple of shots where Hedera has the same coloration as Batra's wings, like red, yellow, and black. Oh yeah. Yeah, because fire is going to do damage to it. Torches. Yeah. Yeah. You guys know that that thing's like really big. Yeah. <laughs> Why is he glittery? Because it's the 70s. Oh. No, because that that is weird because uh we don't see the 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 glitter of the night of uh, the glitter doesn't really come into effect until the Heisei era where Koichi Kawakita got involved. But yeah, if like I was gonna put that, mon- if I was gonna put money on it, I was I would say that it was to uh, to give the uh, DP something to silhouette the uh, creature with. Okay, there's the Yukio. Yukio's down. You know what? He just died. Yukio just died. All he those kids just died. They don't. Yeah, Yukio, one of the main characters of the film, doesn't come back. Well, that's what happens. Wow. When you throw torches at the giant monster, and they don't even mention it, it <laughs> like in the end man. of the movie. So there's like, what, five kids there still alive? <laughs> it's time to run. After the first couple yeah. torches would did Seven, nothing. Eight. eight kids still alive. After those first couple torches did nothing, don't you think they should have probably stopped throwing them at Hedra's feet? If it was me, I probably would have been like, hey, you know what? Uh, you three guys, you throw torches. I'm going to run to my car. <laughs> <laughs> Here's another, you know, maybe psychic connection. They, the kid is in danger. Godzilla saves it. That's very much like Gamera. Mm-hmm. 
Oh. Oh. What is that? Dude. What is that implying? <laughs> what just happened right there? Oh man! The best kaiju for me to poop on. <laughs> Hedra, the yeah, insult comic kaiju. <laughs> this the seventies Godzilla films really get into that mode of Godzilla as superhero, and this. Uh, more so than Godzilla's Revenge, this one plays it up a little bit more, I think. Oh, yeah. Well, this is, you could almost say, like, this is the last stage, like, for Godzilla. This is this is the last stage, like, where he's sort of still a monster, but sort of still a, a hero. Because in the next movies, he is nothing but a superhero. Yeah. Like, on demand. And actually, like, call I think him. that was my, my least favorite in the sort of character arc Development of Godzilla. It's like I've never really. You guys, you guys know that this is the same monster that's been kicking the crap out of your cities for decades, right? Yeah. It's like you know, it's the. I'm not. I. I. The Gamera thing. I sort of bought because they they established that sort of guardianship uh, motif. Early, you know, early on, but with with Godzilla, it's like I never. I never bought that. I thought that. I thought that yeah. it got weak as as he became sort of a. As as a more of a superhero and, and uh, yeah, not just uh, a, a force of nature that every once in a while fell in line with the common interests of man. Yeah, well, I I like to say in Ghidra the Three Headed Monster, that's where you can actually see the very first switch flip. Yeah, Godzilla is a bad guy. He's the monster destroying like areas of Japan, and then he gets he uh, he decides to stop fighting against Rodan and yeah. destroying stuff and save Mothra, which in turn saves the human race. So that's his first switch flip to yeah. becoming a superhero. And over the next, uh, what is it? Six years. This is where, you know, you get him saving the earth multiple times, but he's still a monster, but it's, and by here this point, is where it, this is where he really starts to turn into a superhero. Yeah. And, and by this point, they're kids films. I mean, it, it's kind of, yeah. It's amazing to think about when you look at the first film, it's like night and day. I guarantee you that if is. any of yeah, the four I, of us went to and I'm not a Japan fan in 1971 to see this movie in the theater, we would probably only last about like five or ten minutes before we were like, I can't handle all these kids. Yeah, yeah. Got to get out of here. And this is like one of the films, too. There's, There's no city destruction scenes there's no big battle in the middle of the city yeah i mean yeah, you get in a, you, know, you get the oil refinery yeah. Yeah, which is a good scene vomiting on yeah. a nightclub doesn't and the count. the industrial <laughs> the industrial area is kind of cool because it's it's interesting that godzilla is swinging hedra around there's those old guys again creepy they didn't help when all those kids were killed yeah. <laughs> creepy underlit hobo scene i know maybe that's the maybe the that's the, the real message of this scene of yeah. this movie is like don't get involved <laughs> Stay in the background and you'll survive. And here we come with a very controversial sequence coming up here. Oh, you mean the trench where Godzilla falls under the trench? Not of the trench, but the flying Godzilla. Oh, that's later, dude. Oh, oh sorry. Too early. Oh, too early. Oh, 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 I see, don't early. get me started. See, this, me is, started. This, is, this, is why, <laughs> this is why we can't have nice podcasts, you guys, because Jeff ruins it. That's right. No, but this is gross. There's this the is the scene where, where uh, Hedra drops Godzilla 
also the he's, 1966 he's, he's about suit, to drop more than Godzilla. Drops Godzilla into uh, a trench and then proceeds to unleash this just disgusting yep. sludge on him. Blark. So it's a good thing Martin isn't here, but I'll I'll channel him right now and because say, you're, you're saying like, where is the mass coming from to fill this trench? Is Martin would be like, I can't believe they're putting the actor through that because that is some dangerous, dangerous stuff they're doing right there. It's already super hot in those costumes. You can't breathe, <laughs> and then they're making him wallow in this like mud, essentially. Oh, okay, that kind of. Okay. Uh, yeah, because yeah, my my, my take here was like all he's this, laughing you know, like, here. He's laughing. Yeah, <laughs> you know, I would think that my take on this would be like, where is the mass of this goo coming from? Is Hedra now half as short? You know, <laughs> is he now half as short as he was a moment ago because he just he just barfed half of himself into this trench? Now's the time or, to strike. Uh, so says the humans, I guess. <laughs> time to drop oxygen on him. Yes, a theory, now, a theory unproven. In the rest of the 70s films, this is where Godzilla's buddy would come in to start fighting the villain. So they replaced military intervention with Jet Jaguar and Angulus. But I guess Godzilla hasn't made friends with Angulus yet. And Hedor has the power to shoot these lasers now out of his eye. No, he's had that for the past like 20 minutes. It's just he hasn't really used it that much. I know he used it one the time. squiggly laser. I yeah. like the squiggly laser. I got no problem with that. I mean... I'm a I'm a I'm a fan of the Heisei era. So beam weapons, no big deal. <laughs> I don't care. It's yeah, like I, just, I, I think I like it. And here's our extent the whole of the tear military duct laser thing. It's kind of weird. I think. Yeah, it's, it's definitely weird. You know, why, why, you already got a glowing brain. Why isn't it shooting under your glowing brain? It's like, no, it's shooting under your tear let Let me open the back of my car <laughs> so my hus- husband can lazily get out of the back seat. <laughs> Come on. He's got like eight comforters in there. <laughs> <laughs> and he's our extent of the military. All yeah, four, all four of them. <laughs> at least they've got the. Uh, at least they've got the mirrors built. Yes, they got that there pretty quickly. I guess that was the easy part: is building the mirrors because what they have <laughs> problems yeah. with is hooking up the electricity. Those guys are fast. <laughs> yeah. And this is actually the first time we see the military in the film. Yes. Three million volts. Yeah. And there's no tanks. There's no... Uh, you, you do have the... Uh, you don't get tanks, but you do get jeeps. The, and you do get the helicopters, I you guess. You do get helicopters, yeah. This is a weird shot. Like, this whole thing where like you get shot. like Godzilla's breath randomly appearing with sparks and smoke in the background. That would have been a perfect thing to put in the background of the last scene where they're talking about the machinery. Yeah. And and they're tumbling down. This is like a King Kong versus Godzilla where so, they're tumbling down Mount Fuji. How did he get out of the ditch? You just don't know, Jeff. He, he just he got out. Oh, no. Oh, no. You guys. No. You guys, they Whoops. smashed our electrics. <laughs> they smashed our electrics, bro. <laughs> so... Plan A, fail. What's plan B? Oh man, that's gonna that's just gonna put neighborhoods out of power for for months. Actually, probably not months. Those Japanese do a pretty good job of erecting their uh, electric towers pretty quickly. Hey, look at them go! They're yep. on. That's it. A, that's really fast. 
Um, the fate of mankind depends <laughs> on that guy right there. They've been doing this for 15 years, you guys. Uh, they've got some experience. Yeah, <laughs> that would be an interest. Instead of, like, G-Force from the uh -oh. ASA series? Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> yep. <laughs> That's a bad way to die. Um, that would be interesting. Instead of G-Force, have, like, a Godzilla emergency response team that runs down, and they put electricity up and Gert. Yep. You can call it Gert. <laughs> oh, this is weird. Yeah. What's up with the fisheye lens, you guys? <clears throat> I don't think they've ever used a fisheye lens in a Godzilla film it's before. Like, Hedora vision. That's the thing that's that's like one it. of the things about like this it. movie that comes off uh, a little film schooly in my opinion. Like I definitely give them credit for trying Look, new things. Ultraman pose. Yeah, you guys see that? Yeah, that's, a... that's totally true. I give him credit for trying new things, but uh, it's odd these decisions. And uh, you know, I mean, you you see these you see these kind of weird film school conventions in all sorts of movies in the seventies. Yeah. You see them in the Hammer movies. It's like you see them in Dracula movies of this from this time. I mean, like it's not. I think it's just it's just the way that uh, that artists were taking the culture and yeah. sort of the out with the old in with well new and, 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 I, and I, I think just just sort of you know experimenting in finished products not yeah. like you know not saying hey let's you know let's see if this works it's like but they would see that it see they would see whether or not it works in front of a worldwide audience and then it was like five years later it was like wow what were we thinking yeah. Oh yeah, this that is, must have been some awesome weed. This is definitely <laughs> <laughs> this is definitely an era before like uh, audience screenings and stuff, and and getting feedback from people before it gets released. It is pathetic. This guy, he's lying down constantly. He <laughs> has <laughs> a blanket on, nice little pillow. <laughs> I like how he, nice pointing out the pillow. That's yeah. good. It's like, come on, the the generals are yelling at people. And he's just sitting there taking a nap. Oh, no. Dr. Yano. Bring me some soup, somebody. And I love flashing the headlights was their whole plan to get the monster between the two panels. Like, we got to get the monster between the two panels. We're going to flash our high beams at him. Yeah. Because this monsters is... can't resist high beams. Yeah. Well, actually. That, I can see how that would work for Mothra. That actually, the other ones, that actually like, happens in a lot of the films. It makes no they sense. Use, they use light to attract the monsters. That's and they started it in 1955 with Godzilla raids again. That's just trying to use the light sort of like uh flares on parachutes to lure Godzilla away from the uh the mainland. And then they did it in Varan as well. And mm -hmm. and they actually did it because Varan was eating them out of the sky and so they ended up I think they put some sort of bomb inside of one of them so the Varan would eat it. I guess we'll have to discover that when we do the Daikaiju discussion for Varan. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so light attracting monsters. I don't have a I don't have a problem with that. What I do have a an issue with, what I do take issue with in this particular scene is that Hedra moves so slowly. Why should it be different than any of the rest of this film? <laughs> <laughs> but they have to, you know, I guess they have to stall They're for time. time. So that They're these building guys up time. They're building up suspense here. Yeah. This is, is this really building suspense? I think this is, you know, just... Hedorah's just cautious. He's, just, he's <laughs> yeah. kind of suspicious. I don't know, you guys. Those lights over there, no. I really want to go to them, but 
I don't trust those humans. I love his clown feet. <laughs> it's a good, it's a really cool costume. I, I think it would be really cool to see that, like, on the set. I bet the, I bet the costume looks amazing in person. I don't think anymore it would if it was still around. I think it would look like, like yeah, garbage pretty much. Yeah. But, uh, yep. Let's drop another oxygen bomb because that worked so well last time. Oh, I guess we're dead. <laughs> Didn't we just see that? No. <laughs> like the helicopter just drops straight out of the ground. So what they should have done if they really wanted Hedra to come towards them is dump a whole bunch of oil on the ground. Mm-hmm. But I guess, you know, that's I'm not in charge of the movies in 1971, you guys. This is actually before I was born. So Yoshimitsu Bano is listed as an executive producer on the new Godzilla, the American. Yes, he's. I don't know how. Well, okay, so we were talking about this earlier. Like, Bano is listed as the executive producer, but I, I mean, an executive producer essentially provides the money, mm-hmm. and and uh, or some of it. Well, yeah. yeah, but like, sort of like provides or like figures out where the money's going to come from for a production. And sort of like oversees the overall production, and the producer oversees the the minutia, and the director oversees the actual like shooting of of, of the of the production. In in my uh, estimation, I would say that Bano is just been given an executive producer credit, just mm-hmm. to be mm-hmm. like, oh, thanks for bringing this to us, or. Yeah, it, because of the failed 3D project, maybe it was just Toho's way of being like, okay, you can go ahead and do that instead. I, w- I highly doubt that Bano is going to have In anything to input, do with the, the yeah. 2014 yeah. Legendary there Pictures film. fire there a moment ago? There was. Isn't it true that Bano, before he got canned off the series, was planning on doing a sequel to this film, a direct sequel with Hedorah? Yeah, again. Godzilla, I think it was in Africa. Yeah. Yeah. Really? Yeah. But then, you know, <laughs> Tanaka was like, I don't think so. <laughs> laid the laid the verbal smackdown on the man. Which is good because I really I really do admire Jun Fukuda's work. He's the guy who directed the next two Godzilla films, three Godzilla films. Three. He did three. And uh I I I like his work, even though as as many people who listen to the show are aware, I'm not a fan of Godzilla versus the uh Versus Megalon, oh. I really do like Godzilla versus Gigan, and I do like Godzilla versus Mechagodzilla very much. Not to mention his other films, Godzilla versus the Sea Monster. I just, I'm a, I'm a fan of Fukuda's work, so I'm, I was not, I'm not uh, sad to see Bano go. Yeah. As far as this goes, the one, the one thing about this sequence that struck me is that, uh, the way that uh, Godzilla's breath is magically igniting this weapon and yet nobody there says uh hey maybe we should uh maybe we should make our buildings out of this stuff <laughs> <laughs> next time godzilla comes in town everything's gonna it's gonna be okay well at this point godzilla's not destroying any buildings he's the savior of the human race guys yeah, you know, but he's gonna do it again oh you know what we didn't mention see how his hand is discolored yeah his he punched Hedra earlier on in mm-hmm. the in the fighting. Now that's supposed to be a skeleton hand. It is. Yeah, that's, that's really? supposed to be his bones exposed. Really? That doesn't work at all. No, 
I know. I it thought it was just really... like more of the kind of like on his face. Oh, I guess I look yeah. at his. It is kind of all skinny and stuff. Huh. Yeah. Hmm. So it's a weird. It's a weird decision to do that. This speaking of weird decisions, many weird decisions. Yeah. <laughs> Lork. This is inexplicable, man. What What is he grabbing Oop. here? What is that? Ooh, los huevos, <laughs> los huevos del hidora. We 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 did, we talked about this at the, at the beginning before huevos. we started before we started recording. What we were gonna oh, what yes. we're gonna do about identifying these items? Are they eggs? Now he's gonna when, juggle. When I was a kid, I and thought they were eggs. My juggling, I you know. Even as a kid, I did not think they were eggs. <laughs> my mind went straight into the gutter. Straight like, to the gutter. That is so bizarre. Las testiculas? I mean, his eyes, maybe? I don't... Well, his eyes would have been those big, his, red, I know. weird... His, yeah, eyes, I know. his eyes definitely were a source of power in, in the monster. We'll, we'll just say it's However, his manhood. We'll even, though you, even though they might have been his eyes, this is... The monster's not dead. Yeah. Spoiler alert. Yeah. It doesn't matter. Yeah, he gets right back up. He just can't reproduce anymore, I guess. That's right, yeah. He had a gender change here in these scenes. Well, done. I'm leaving. There goes Godzilla. My job is done. You guys or are... is it? That's right, Godzilla. You turn around. Yeah, see? There he goes. The flying tadpoles back. Oh, okay, here you go, Jeff. Now you can talk about it, buddy. Yeah, here comes this ridiculous. I'm not a big fan of, of this. In what 1971, you will believe a monster can fly. Yeah, it's just, I don't know. I don't believe it. And I love the way that like he starts this out by, by sticking his arms out. Like He's like, okay, I've been practicing this. Watch yeah. you guys. This is awesome. I can't, I can't see where I'm going, but whatever. <laughs> this is so strange. Uh, I'm not going to quote it correctly, but Nak- Nakano basically... Uh, admitted that because the uh, the film audience was pretty much nothing but kids, they're like, yeah, we had to stretch and we had to do things in this film. That was not in the original script, and they basically just made a snap decision while they were shooting to have Godzilla fly. Hmm. <sighs> and they've got to compete against stuff like Ultraman and and yeah. the other the other yeah. shows that basically are essentially putting them out of business. Flashing the budget. They didn't realize this was going to be seriously critiqued 45 years later. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. And well, you know, say what you will about about the film itself. This was the very beginning of Nakano's career as the special effects director of Toho. And while this movie has a lot of flaws, the next four films in the genre in the series have some flaws. Uh, when they resurrected Godzilla in 1984, they gave uh, they gave Nakano the biggest special effects budget that they had ever given any Japanese production in, in Godzilla Returns. So I'm pretty sure he was I'm pretty sure he was thrilled about that. I know that there's not a a guy in the Hedra suit <laughs> when Godzilla actually mm-hmm. throws it up, but it does kind of look like someone's in there, and it sort of disturbs feeling, yeah. me a little bit. <laughs> Like, I'm sure that's just because the suit is so heavy that it looks like the arms and legs of somebody, but. (laughs) 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 You damn fool, now it's too late. So if Godzilla wouldn't have kicked that rock and the movie would have just ended, we would have missed this really 
foolish flying scene. The movie could have just ended. The, yeah. It's like a horror movie. It's an yeah. like yeah. all of those all of those movies that you listed off a moment ago with uh, Gigan and Megalon and Hero of Mechanica. Those are this is easily I'm surprised I lasted as a Godzilla fan through that phase. I hated all of those movies. The original Gigan character design is just the most ridiculous thing I've ever seen. Dude, get out of my house. <laughs> get out of my house. I, you know, it's like, I'm I'm a fan of Mechagodzilla. I like I, that film. I like Mechagodzilla. I think that's a definite step Actually, up from these these three right here. Of uh, I don't know. I will say, Smog Monster, Gigan, and Megalon are the low point. Absolutely, absolutely. Let's see. Godzilla is shaking his head at humans. Godzilla does a does something else in this film. I I'm seeing if it's in my notes here. I don't know where it is exactly, but. Uh, yeah, he actually, so at one point he scratches his nose, mm-hmm. and that's like, a, there's a pop star named Yuzo Kayama, and I guess th- that's sort of like the Shea dance from 1965's uh, Monster Zero. It was like, they were just like, oh yeah, let's do something that, that humanizes Godzilla more, that's popular in today's society. Nose scratching? The, <laughs> the nose scratching. People loved scratching their nose in 1971, That's a big man. fad. Big. You know, Big baby. Godzilla doesn't follow trends. He sets them. That's what it should be. I wish. I wish that was the case in the 70s films, Jeff. Yes. I really do. Surprise. I mean, as you get into these next films, you're you're clearly getting into a much more uh, sort of wrestling type of... of uh, yeah. Of... I mean, basically, I mean, if you look at Godzilla versus Megalon, they've, they've got the flying kick there. There's essentially a tag team effort where Godzilla and Jet Jaguar are the tag team to Gigan and Megalon. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, sure. Yeah. it's. It, I, I don't know what the trends are in uh, wrestling history for, for Japan, but I would imagine <laughs> that things are getting really big right about now in yeah. 1971. Yeah. I would have thought it would have been a little bit early, but yeah, it's possible. It, I'm not exactly I sure. It, I would have, would have thought it would have been the mid-80s, but I... Oh, I would be definitely biased, say that. Biased. I would definitely say that by 1970, 73 at least, there was there was probably wrestling was probably a big deal. Here he's gutting Megalon. I mean, uh, Hedorah. So is Godzilla flying worse than him talking in Godzilla versus Gigan? Or? Yes, I will. I will say <laughs> oh, unequivocally. Oh. Unequivocally, yes. Godzilla flying is, in my opinion, the worst thing Godzilla's ever done. Wow. I'm going like to agree with that. The second only to Godzilla's flying kick in Megalon. Oh, see, I would, I'd put the talking second. The talking was ridiculous. But the talking, he wasn't speaking English. He was speaking in Monster. He was speaking in English in Godzilla versus Guy, the American version. Or <sighs> it's, it's, I'm not going to say it's good. It's not good. <laughs> it's definitely on the low it end of, the, of, of awesome yeah. things that Godzilla's done. It's on the very far end of that. Hey, Angelus. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, you know, compared to... In, in, <laughs> even in... Uh, was it was it Mechagodzilla or Terror of Mechagodzilla that he magnetized himself? Uh, terror. Oh. I think it's Terror of Mechagodzilla. Yeah. yeah. See, this... See that was a, to, that, I'm sorry to bring that up, you guys. Uh, I forgot just, about that. Just, <laughs> the, just the the trend in lazy storytelling 
where you like all of a sudden you just like, Oh, all of a sudden Godzilla's breath fires off the weapon that kills the smog monster. Godzilla can magnetize himself. Godzilla can fly. Godzilla can talk, you know, just like all these, it just, they yeah, just well, it's like whatever convenient contrivance they can come up with to, you know, make the story end sooner. They just, uh, you know, which in the case of some of those movies, I actually applaud because they should have ended a lot sooner. But the, yeah, well, it's like cont- it's like they're saying, you know, to hell with continuity. What are the seven-year-olds going to dig? Yeah, you know, it's just like you yeah. know, seven-year-olds yeah, are going to be hollering and loving Godzilla flying and Godzilla talking. Yeah. And I don't, I, I don't actually think that the Showa era, this, this, you know, nineteen fifty-four to nineteen seventy-five. I don't really see these and films as dead. being really continuity driven. I mean, I know that there is a continuity and every yeah. once in a while you get uh uh aspect of movie B is calls back to something from movie A yeah. or well, something. It, but like oh, that's for the harsh. most part I don't, I don't you, like, you don't like seeing a mannequin. I don't like seeing yeah, a mannequin sorry, yeah. in that kind of But for the most thing. part you don't get <laughs> You don't get people referencing other movies in in the series. It's like a James Bond film. You can sort of hop on at any point of the Showa era and not be like, oh, wait, hang on a second. Who's that? Yeah. You, know, you don't yeah. have to deal with that like you mm. do in the Heisei era. Yeah. Yeah. And here, here he goes. You should say goodbye to Ken before you leave, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Or maybe Ken should say goodbye to you. I like how they've run all the way. They've up killed Mount Fuji. Yukio, so there's some random <laughs> soldier running with him. Godzilla! Oh man, it's good stuff, but at the same nice time, it's, it's yeah. Like I said, or like I said earlier, there's pieces in this movie that are really inventive and they work, but then the rest of it just falls apart. It's just it's a clunky movie. You know, it's just kind of. Uh, overall, I I understand why people like it. You know, it's sort of there's a lot of people that grew up with the '70s movies. That's the first time they ever saw Godzilla, and so something like Godzilla vs. the Smog Monster, they have a an extreme love for. And I do enjoy the film. I enjoy all of the Godzilla films for what they are. But when you look at the entire series. There's good and there's bad, oh, and you have yeah. to you have to recognize that uh, yeah. for what it is. And yet another Ba-ra-ru? one. Yeah. So this was I think uh, I think they cut that out of the AIP dub, but that ends our uh, our kaiju commentary of Godzilla versus Hedra, aka <laughs> Godzilla versus the Smog Monster. Uh. And now is is the time when I, I thank people for coming out. Jeff Dean, thank you again for coming. My pleasure. Dave Helfrey, a.k.a. Baron Von Gulu, thanks for coming out for this. Pleasure as well. And uh, Brian Cook, welcome to your very first Kaiju Commentary. Both of you guys, Yay. actually. Yep, thank you. It was awesome. Yeah, uh, yeah it's, if uh, if there's anything anybody needs to plug, now's probably a good time. No? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> there's, there's no plugging in the commentaries, but... Uh, I'm not sure what our next one is going to be. Our next I'd like commentary. to plug my. Uh, going to be playing Hedra in the uh, musical <laughs> stage version of uh, Godzilla I like it. I like it very much. That's a that's a really good idea. 
Uh, so, as I said before during the commentary, a lot of uh, the information that I used for my knowledge of this this film came from a book called uh, Japan's Favorite Monstar, written by Steve Rifle, and another book written by David Callett called A Critical History and Filmography of Toho's Godzilla series. Uh, so if you are very interested in the facts and behind-the-scenes production stuff for these movies, seek out those books because they are amazing. And uh, keep an eye out on the Facebook page or... Uh, for on the KaijuCast Facebook page for our next commentary, which should be in the uh, Thanks for joining us. Bye-bye. Oh!